So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets. This is Tom Seco with Florida Veterinary Advisors. I am one of the hosts of the Smarter Vet Financial Podcast, and I am thrilled to bring you an exciting guest here today. I don't think we've had anyone within the lending industry on our show yet, so I think this is going to be a very cool conversation, give you some new tidbits and things that are going on in the industry, and get to meet one of the people who's moving and shaking within the veterinary community. But before we jump in, I want to make mention that if you've never checked out any of our courses online or have seen any of our stuff through our website, make sure to take a moment at some point or another to go look at them. The the one is we have the five foundation foundational steps to financial balance. It's a five-part course. They're 20 minutes a piece. You can watch them a la carte or however you want. Uh, but a lot of times people are always trying to find out where to start within their finances. So we created those specifically to help you be able to figure out how to start or refine what you're currently doing. Without any further ado, I've been trying to get this guy on the show for quite some time now, and I'm actually very happy to talk with him. As you might all know that we have very strict compliance, and so do they, so we're always having to figure out how to work around those animals, no pun intended. And uh, so the person I'm going to be bringing on the show today, he's a national sales manager for Bank of America's Animal Health Division. He's been working in the financial services industry for 25 years, so like he's pretty much knows everything I would imagine to a certain degree. Uh, 22 years with Bank of America and healthcare lending has been in his background for 18 years now. Bill Murray, I'm glad to have you on the show. Thanks for joining me. Oh, Tom, thanks for having me. And I'm uh, glad we were able to get this together. Yeah, me, me too. Well, for the, to start off, because I'm there might be some people listening that have heard you or have met someone at Bank of America or have met maybe you at some point or another. Uh, but for those who aren't familiar with you, I'd be really curious to just if you can share a little bit about like, how did you get into the business that you're in right now? And was this where you started your career at? Yeah, I've been with uh, with Bank of America for a combined 22 years uh, and, and really right out of college, started working with one of the predecessor organizations. It was MBNA America Bank, which was primarily known, known for um, credit card lending and, uh, and some, uh, some consumer lending. That was, MBNA was really my entry point into healthcare lending. MBNA had bought a company called Sky Financial Solutions which was primarily a dental-specific lender uh, out of the Midwest. When MBA purchased them, uh, I moved over and was part of the team to kind of ramp up those operations. And uh, and and really, that was my my really jumping into the deep end of the pool of, of healthcare finance. Hmm. Uh, and that was um, that was years ago. And, and in 2006, uh, Bank of America purchased MBA America Bank, and that was really Bank of America's entrance into healthcare lending as well. Um, they had done some larger hospital transactions, but had never really focused on the private practice space uh, in, in the dental space and obviously the veterinary space kind of launched in, in 08, 09. And I was a big part of that as well. So hmm. very dear to my heart working with veterinarians. And um, and again, healthcare finance has really treated me well and is a, it's just been a great business to be a part of over the years. What 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 drew you, because like you you'd made mention, of course, like healthcare lending, how, what drew you to want to work in veterinary? Is it because you had the chance to like create something new? Is it Hey, you've really enjoyed the aspect of what the community was about. Like what really, what was your motivating factor? I mean, I was, I was really motivated by trying something new in the beginning. And, and we were just kind of launching a sales team that was going to be uh, focused solely on veterinary lending. Uh, my background had been in, in dental and medical prior to. So 
that was a that was a, a challenge. Um, and when I when I got into this the vertical and started meeting with veterinarians and the companies that that service the veterinary industry, I just found it to be like some great people. Everyone was really willing to help. Everyone is is really out there as a collaborator. Uh, and veterinarians in general are just are just great people to do business with, uh, great people to work with. It's really been a, an enjoyable piece of, of my career over the years. That's great. I mean, that's one of the key factors why I started working in the veterinary community. I started off in human medicine, and I just felt like it was very hard to connect with them at times. And I just, I love referring to the veterinary community, especially veterinarians, as the humble doctors is probably the best way to put it. That's right. So it's it's very yeah. enjoyable having discussions and working with them. So absolutely, I have to do the same. So being being in lending, because uh, there's a lot of as the, the the temperature of the economy changes and as things are shifting around, I'm sure there's different challenges and struggles that pop up. Maybe there's some that consistently you keep seeing all the time within the veterinary community. But what would you say from a a business standpoint in your world, what do you see that veterinarians or practices are, are having the biggest struggle with right now? Honestly, I think at this point, um, I think post pandemic, uh, it's really been staffing um, and making sure that they can staff their uh, uh, hospitals appropriately for the amount of demand that they're seeing. Um, you know, the pandemic pet thing, I think was a real thing. Um, that has kind of calmed itself down, I think in the last 12 to 18 months. Um, but you have a lot of pet owners, you have a lot of homes that grew in pet ownership. So they had one dog, now they have two, or they have a dog and a cat. Um, and that, that demand is there. So I think what we hear from our clients routinely is that staffing uh, from the vet tech level to the front office staff, and then obviously finding veterinarians to work uh, is, is probably the most challenging. And then keeping good talent. And I think that's any business. I think if you have talented people um, that, that you want to keep around, you know, sometimes, you know, th there are other opportunities out there and, and just keeping and retaining talent is always kind of top of mind in a lot of the hospitals that we work with. Right. So from, from the lending side, are you all able to assist along the way with like that, the talent trying to find more people? Like how, how, how can make of America assist along with that? Sure. So for our, our first time practice owners, um, that we recognize are really taking on, uh, whether it's through acquisition or a startup, they're taking on a very big uh, challenge themselves, right? They're entering into ownership opportunities for the first time, and they're entering into being an owner of a business versus working for one. Mm -hmm. um, so we provide a, a free service called our Practice Heartbeat Program, which really tries to allow veterinarians to, one, focus on the financial aspect of their business, but then also have ability to connect with a Practice Heartbeat coach, someone who works for us at Bank of America that has worked in healthcare offices before and, and try to make sure that they're getting good advice and pointing them in the right direction. So we certainly don't help necessarily with staffing, but we can give some, uh, some solid advice and point them in the right direction to organizations and people who can help and getting in front of problems, you know, well before they become bigger issues, right? So if we see something in an office's financial, or if we have a question from a doctor, we would just want to make sure that we place them on the right path and that path is, is successful for them. Okay. So we try to provide as much support especially to those first-time owners as they enter into ownership opportunities. So from with the current environment that we're in, uh, because of where the, there's different companies and organizations and venture capitalists and all that are buying all these veterinary practices, are you seeing that a lot of practices out there are becoming startups or people the people looking for lending in some form or fashion are looking to start their own practices versus trying to acquire or buy more equipment? Or how, how would you describe that? 
Absolutely. So um, there is a there is still a ton of consolidation within the veterinary industry. Um, you have some regional consolidators, larger national consolidators that are buying practices. The the pace at which that has grown over the last probably three or four years uh, has created associates to kind of rethink uh, the startup opportunity. Right. So you know if you were talking five, six, seven years ago most veterinarians were adverse to doing a startup from scratch. Mm -hmm. They would probably start out their ownership ideas is maybe becoming a partner in a practice or buying a practice outright, maybe even the practice that they were working in. But as consolidators came in and those opportunities became fewer and further between to buy an existing location, that startup idea has started to gain some traction. So we are seeing some warming up of our startup pipeline of, of doctors that are saying, hey, I, I wanna go find a space. I've worked for corporate for a couple of years or I've worked in private practice for a couple of years. I'm ready to be an owner and I just haven't found a, a practice to buy. We are seeing the pendulum swing back a little bit the last kind of 90 days. Mm -hmm. Some of the consolidators have gone away from, re if they weren't well capitalized, they've joined up with other uh, consolidators on a national level or they've just gone away and some of the multiples have come down. So I think you're starting to see some of those practices that would have gone corporate even last year are now gonna be available for, for private sales. So we'll see how this, this next kind of year brings, but we're starting to see the pendulum swing back a little bit, but the startup uh, opportunity is still there and still a very vibrant um, option for a, a veterinarian to enter into ownership. It's very interesting thoughts. Cause I, I mean, I've seen that a bit myself too, where um, with because of the high price of the veterinary practices and everything these days, it's been, there has been a lot of uh, interest in wanting to start their own veterinary practice, which it, it, it's cool to be able to see how this, um, how we're going through this time and where we're going to be seeing this dynamic of consolidation and new people starting practices. Like I feel like it's a new era of, of veterinary medicine right now. So with, with regards to the, the veterinary community, you know, how are you and, and your team? Cause I know you made mention before where you have the program where you can help them give them a little bit more education. I, I can't remember what was the name of it again that you mentioned the, the program you guys are offering? The Practice Heartbeat Program, yeah. Is there something specific that when you all meet someone for the first time, um, like a specific conversation that you're ha having with them or a way to be able to at least get their mind focused right off the bat to say like, hey, this is how you should be thinking about things or handling stuff before you're taking a certain leap. Like how do you all engage with people initially? Sure. So, you know, we network within the veterinary industry and work with many of the companies that service veterinarians, whether it's supply and equipment companies, companies like yourself that are providing financial advice and guidance. You know, we have a very wide web of people that we work with and experts and subject matter experts in the industry that we can lean on to, to get veterinarians in front of us that are considering ownership opportunities or the expansion of their businesses. The conversations are different when you're, when you're talking with an associate who's considering ownership for the first time and is really early on in those stages. It's really about preparation and making sure that um, we are connecting that veterinarian with people around them and industry professionals that can help them make really sound, good decisions, mm -hmm. whether it's buying the right equipment or lab companies and making decisions there, finding the right space. We try to make sure that, that as that um, ownership idea becomes, comes to fruition, that we're connecting them with the right people to ensure that they're making really, really good decisions for their for their new small business. And we do a pretty good job of that. And then obviously preparing them financially, right? So as a lender, we wanna make sure that, that we're making good loans and, and, and financing people that are bankable. So we have that kind of bankability conversation, we call it, um, where we're talking to a veterinarian about how they can prepare themselves financially over the next year, two years. So that way, when they do talk to a bank, whether it's us or one of our friendly competitors, 
you know, they're, they're ready and they're prepared and they're going to get financing. No, that's great. I, 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 I love the, the idea too, of making sure like in preparation and get, you know, being able to stay, you're, you're staying within the world that you need to stay in, but you're able to expand out a bit more and make sure there's certain people that are connected in the conversation along the way. So um, instead of them just you trying to be the master at everything and trying to give them all the guidance, you're making sure the right people are plugged in. Because I find that a lot of times there's different organizations and companies out there. They're just like, I don't know, we can't handle it. So, you know, go, go figure it out. And it's really good to hear that, like, hey, we're really here to assist along the way that, you know, your, your, your plan is going to work out in a really good way, not just even from the lending side, but we really want to make sure other things are, are falling into play. That's right. It's a, it's it's funny. Like we we try to make sure we we explain to our, our our veterinarians that we work with. Like no one has more of a vested interest besides yourself of your success than your lender. Right? Everyone else would really like to do business with you, but we really need you to be successful because it's our money. Yeah. Um, so we try to make sure that that's a message that we send. Hey, we're looking out for your best interest. We've seen these things go really well. We've also seen, unfortunately, some things go not so well with other practices. And we're here to try to make help you make the really good decisions for your business right. uh, and, and getting you off on the right foot. It's interesting. I never really thought of it in terms of that before of, uh, you know, you really want them to do well because like they got to pay back their loan. <laughs> gotta, That's right. We need you to That's keep right. making money because we need you to pay it back. So I, I, it's, it's good to see, though, that it's not just like, hey, because um, like the veterinary community, I know, has become one of the least... Uh, risky businesses out of there from what I've picked up over yeah. time. So the default rate is so low, um, which I, I know becomes from a lending standpoint, it's the, I would imagine the, uh, what, let's say the standards, not the standards, but more of like the lending requirements are a little bit less in compared to, or the requirements are a little bit less in compared to other industries that are out there. Yeah. You definitely have products and services that are designed and tailored for a veterinarian to either expand their business if they're an existing owner uh, buy multiple locations if they're looking to grow. And then obviously those those first-time owner loans, whether it's through acquisition or startup. So it, it's much different than if a general small business were to walk into the bank and say, hey, I'd like to start a business from scratch. Because veterinarians have such a great track record of of historical, per, like really great performance mm -hmm. um, from loss rates and how they pay their loans back and are they paying them on time or early, um, this is really a, a great space for us to be in and, um, and have been in it for a long time. I mean, we've been doing this for now for over 15 years uh, in the veterinary space, and uh, it's always treated us really well. And, and we try to make sure that we're really good partners in the industry. No, that's fantastic. So, so thinking of the people that are listening at this moment, and let's say you know, they're, they're looking to start the conversation with a lender, they're looking for the opportunity, let's say, for purchase a practice or to start a practice, what are some couple tips or like one main thing that you would suggest that they start considering or thinking about before they start the conversation with someone like yourself or with your organization? Sure. I think, I think the number one uh, thing is to have, have those conversations early and often and not shy away from them. I think sometimes veterinarians might look for information within their own small community of other veterinarians that might've done it but they aren't talking to other professionals that are going to help them through this process because they're worried about maybe the, the owner that they work for finding out that they're interested in ownership opportunities, or they're, they might find out that they're looking to leave and, and they're worried about losing their job. Um, you know, we talked to, the earlier that we can speak to a veterinarian who's having this idea of ownership, the better prepared we can get them so that they're going to be, you know, very bankable and get really great rates and really great products for their, from a loan perspective. But then also connect them with the right people 
so that they do make those good decisions. So I think having that conversation early and not shying away from introducing themselves to someone like yourself and what you guys do over there, um, a, a banker, talking with your supply company, entering into those conversations. We understand and know, we don't want you to, as an associate to lose your job either. So we're not out there promoting, hey, Dr. Smith is ready to start a practice, but it's about having those conversations early so we can avoid those missteps that can, that can happen. Absolutely. I, I find that when, when you do take those, that time to take those steps to ask questions and learn more, it, it you know, it sort of gets side, sideswiped or, you know, get, getting in a conversation later where like I hear so often where uh, it, this is a re repetitive conversation we have is that veterinary medicine, when people go to school are not educated to be business owners or how to handle a business, which I can agree with that. And I believe that there's a lot of emphasis on, hey, we want to make sure that uh, there's more educational. The Veterinary Business Management Association, I think, has been doing a tremendous job at some schools, like yeah. really, really good. You know, that whole idea of starting that conversation and the more you could start asking questions, be curious, just just trying to understand things. And um, you don't have to know it all, but jumping into something, I've noticed that like even like a lot of uh, existing practices that are out there, people who are getting towards the end of their career, a lot of them started the business, not even really understanding much about business. Yeah. And now here they are at a yeah. part of their career and they're just, they're ready to get out. But then they're like, oh, my, my practice is only worth what? I can't do this. And like, I, I don't make, and it's like, those conversations, the sooner you have them, the better it helps. I think I 100% agree with you. On That's that right. And, um, and, and I would tell you, like, there's just so much information available today. Um, sometimes having a conversation versus trying to Google everything is, is a really good idea because what, what might be right in one part of the country might be different in another. So you, you definitely see some, some regional differences in how practices perform and how much does it cost to buy a practice in New York versus Las Vegas or how much does it cost to construct a practice in Florida versus LA, right? So there's a lot of variables that are in there. So having a, a conversation with someone local to help you out is, is a really good idea. And obviously if you need money, talking to a bank is, a, is one of those first conversations you should have to make sure you can get there and, and, and get the funds that you need to get that project off and running. Absolutely. So, so the people, like if they wanna start the conversation, how do they get in contact with your team? Like where do they start? So we have um, 11 dedicated uh, veterinary sales team members across the United States. They're typically in major metropolitan areas and cover a couple states around them. So for example, here in the, I live in, happen to live in Boston, we have a representative, Nate Huar, who covers the New England market for us out of Massachusetts. So that's Connecticut and all the other states that kind of surround Massachusetts. Um, and, and we're available for those conversations, you know, whenever someone reaches out to us. So you can certainly go online to bankofamerica.com forward slash practice solutions to find your rep um, or certainly reach out to uh, any of our partners there that, that know us in the, in the field or, or reach out to me and I can connect someone right away with their local representative to have that conversation. And we and we truly do really enjoy speaking with veterinarians that, that have an idea or a concept about what their business is going to look like or how their business is expanding. So we're not necessarily just talking about financing. It's really getting an idea and picture of what does that veterinarian want to accomplish and how can Bank of America partner with them to make sure that that, that idea can become reality? Awesome. I'll, I'll make sure for those listening, if you're wanting to learn more and get these details, it'll be in the description of the show. So you'll be able to be able to connect or go to the page and find your rep in your area. Also, if you want to get in contact with Bill himself, uh, the man of the hour that we have here, you can also reach out to him. Completely shift gears here real fast just to kind of put a pretty bow on everything and more of a personal note. If you were stranded on an island and you could only pick one food for the rest of your life, what would you what would you pick? 
I love uh, I love Italian food. Um, so I, if there was one that I had to have uh, on an island, I think Italian food would, would be number one. Italian food, but if you had to pick something in the Italian category, what would it be? Wow, that's good. Any, I mean, really, any pasta with any spicy Italian red sauce, like an arabata sauce. Or okay, like that. that'd be great. Okay, awesome. So you're not really into the cracked pepper with the with the cheese kind of thing that they do over in Italy, more of a red sauce guy. My wife is a big Cacio Pepe fan. It's uh, just something I can't get myself into. Just give me that spicy red sauce, and I'm a happy guy. That's good. <laughs> I love it. Well, hey, Bill, I really enjoy you being on the show with me. Thanks for sharing all your expertise and having a conversation with me today. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate you having us. And for any of you who are listening to our show and you haven't had a chance to like us, uh, make sure to go to Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen, uh, even our Facebook page. We spread some love and share you know, some thoughts and comments, what you think about the show. And if you found this particular episode or any of other shows to be helpful, share it with a friend or two. Let, introduce them to the Smarter Vet Podcast because they might find the same value that you get as well from the show. Uh, I'm Tom Seco, one of the founders of Florida Veterinary Advisors, wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. C.J. Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. C.J. Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purposes only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2022-147785 expires December of 2024.